It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. is the GM Shuffle. I think, to me, one thing about week one is understand who you are. And some teams that won, if they play the way they have to play, they do. The teams that lost, that try to play outside, you better get figure out who you are. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Vise, and I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos on this overreaction Monday. Michael Lombardi, or shall I call you five-game Michael, after what we saw yesterday, ridiculing me all preseason, and there he is talking about football-watching heaven. How we doing, buddy? (laughs) I'm doing great, but I didn't watch five games. I didn't watch five. I watched one. You see the little screen over to the right? I see you. That's the only game I was watching. But you couldn't resist the the quad box. (laughs) Well, I mean, how could you? YouTube was tremendous. How could you resist it? I I didn't like that you couldn't, like you had to go with their configuration. I I don't know how to do, I, I guess you could. I don't know. Probably I wasn't very technically sound. I didn't actually realize you needed the YouTube app. At first, I was trying to get it through YouTube. And then I realized, you know, you got to go get the YouTube app mm-hmm. to best get the best for your best viewing pleasure. But I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. It was great. I had those four games on, and on the other screen, I was able to watch the game I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And then when that went to commercial, I just like heard it. And this way, I didn't have to deal with Red Zone, which was yep. which was tremendous, <laughs> which is always good. 
<laughs> yeah, I was telling our producer Elliot beforehand that I didn't watch Red Zone yesterday. I was, it was you were able to be kind of in your full command center and pick the games you want to watch. And I'll, I'll go ahead and give a round of applause to YouTube TV. Like I, I was a little bit worried because the Sunday ticket is sacred, and like now we're switching over. How is this going to work out? But I give it full marks to steal a line from our buddy yeah. Polly Howard. Like that, that was an awesome, awesome viewing experience for a football fan. Yeah, it was. And I thought it was really cool. And like they, they, they like that is probably the one nitpick was that I wish that you could kind of pick the four games and how you want to kind of align them, but they have all different sorts of combinations that you can toggle through. So our friends at YouTube TV who just took over Sunday Ticket, a lot of pressure with obviously this being a football watching yeah. country, but uh, I thought they knocked it out of the park for week one. They did. And, and you know, and then you, you know, you kind of, I, I, so on the other screen, I had the local TV on, which mm-hmm. is that had for me here in Philadelphia, we had Cleveland, Cincinnati, and then we had uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. So, you kind of had to pick, and so once San Francisco and Pittsburgh kind of got out of hand, I went and watched the Rainfest in Cleveland, yeah. which was kind of good to watch. And then I watched the, I watched a few of them again this morning when I got up early, mm. so it was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, we're going to get into all of the games. Let's start with what we saw last night, Sunday night football. Uh, Michael, this one was over in about five minutes. I bet the New York Giants plus three it, and a half. Was, I bet them on the money line. Spinks and, uh, this was Tyson Spinks. There's no yes. question. I mean, my goodness. This was Tyson Spinks. I mean, wow. 40 wow. to I, nothing. I kicked myself. I, yeah. I, and, I, you know, I keep hearing from all my Giant friends, Daniel's getting better. He's really good. Mm. And, you know, and uh, look, I, I think this is a game that probably would be is going to be the best thing for Brian Dayball and the entire Giant organization. Because forget what you paid the players. Forget what's happened in the future. You are who you are. And if you don't get back to got to play from in front, can't play from behind, we're not going to be able to win playing from behind. I don't mm-hmm. care if we have Darren Waller. I don't <clears> care <throat> if we have all these Paris Campbell I mean, he had one catch for two yards. I mean, everybody's talking about how he's going to, you know, he couldn't play in any, but all of a sudden he comes to the Giants. He's going to be Jerry Rice 2.0. So, like, like, this is who we are. If we don't play our style, if we're not playing like Princeton in basketball, if we don't play our style, we're not very good. We're just not going to be good enough. And that means we got to be good in the kicking game. Because I thought once they blocked that kick for a touchdown, mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost like they said, nah, that we're, this is over. Like, they actually got, like, I felt like they just left all the air out of their tire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they couldn't block them up front. I mean, they just couldn't handle them. Yeah, it was definitely demoralizing because that opening drive was a positive one for the Giants. We saw Daniel Jones using his legs on that drive. I think I thought that opening drive for the Cowboys defense, I was like, God, like you guys are leaving these big rush lanes and all that. Like Nobody was really rushing in concert, and Daniel Jones was taking advantage of that, scrambling going forward. Kudos to him on that one. But then after that blocked kick, a flip just switched to where the Giants, I don't know if it felt like here we go again or what, but my goodness, the Cowboys pass rush. We talked about this all summer long. I know I planted my flag with the Dallas Cowboys saying that I think this is going to be the best defense in the league. Do I think they're that good? 40 to nothing good? Seven sacks no. good? Three takeaways good? No, there's no way. The game kind of got away from the Giants in the rain. It got sloppy and all that stuff. But whew, if this is a sign of what's to come, Micah Parsons all over the field, unbelievable. Uh, Dan Quinn was in they his bag. Yeah, they couldn't block him. And, and the way they use him, they can't block him. You know, he gets on those guards, and then he runs the stunts, and all of a sudden, and what he has, I think, when you watch him, this is something we don't talk enough about. But what he has is acceleration off the block. Mm-hmm. So that distance between when he's getting kind of engaged to the quarterback, no one measures that. That some guys have that acceleration, some guys don't. 
It's just that an instantaneous acceleration, and he has it. You know, when they came back out after the block punt, after the block field goal touchdown, miss extra point, okay, that happens, you know, that happens. But then they come out and they throw they throw three straight passes. That That's not giant football. Like, I, I get that they paid Daniel Jones. I get mm. that. But they don't – you know who he is. Like, you know who he is. And when the game speeds up – I've said this how many times on the podcast. When the game speeds up, it's not his game. Mm-hmm. He's got to check the runners at first and third. He's got to come to the plate. Like, it's got to be in rhythm, and they got to play from in front. And they have to reduce the game. And I don't care if they play Arizona or if they play San Francisco. Whoever they play, they, they can't change their style. And, you know, for me, this is a, they have not been able to play against the better competition. <clears throat> they are really a team that wins against bad comp. they got to prove themselves against better competition. Yeah, and we saw that dating back to last season. I mean, they lost in the playoff game, what was it, 38-7 to against the Eagles, and now you come out here against another team that was kicking your tail last year, and they go ahead and do the same thing, 40 to nothing. What did you make of Dallas's offense? They didn't really have to do too much. I thought McCarthy was just kind of calling the plays just to go ahead and manage the game there. But the passing game, it didn't look super-duper in sync with, with what Dallas was doing out there. But also, I mean, they didn't really need to expose themselves because they had the big lead. Might as well just go ahead and protect it, get a win, and get out of there. Well, I mean, look, they, they come out there, they go up 6 nothing, they go 3 and out, and then now all of a sudden he's got a chance to see, and he gets 49 yards to C.D. Lamb, you know, and now all of a sudden he's up four, now he goes up 13, 14-13-0, and now he's exactly where he wants to be in the game as a play caller. Now he can control mm-hmm. the pace. He, can, he knows that his defense, and this is what we've said all along, his, is he knows he needs to complement his defense with his play calling. And and I think that's what he that was his agenda. We get so caught up in stats, right? Mm. You know the stats. Oh God, you know they didn't do this. You know he's three for four in the red zone, which is what he has to do. They don't turn the ball over. They limited the amount of penalties they've had, and, and you know he was effective. I mean he did exactly what I think you have to do in order to complement your defense. He controlled the pace of the game, and you know he still got fourteen. You know Pollard still was able to run the ball fourteen times, mm-hmm. and. You know, I mean, look, the average 4-1 a carry and 24 attempts, 143 yards isn't great, but you win the game. You walk out there with a win. Yeah, 1-0 for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, we even got to see a little bit of Cooper Rush out there uh, with, the, with the Cowboys and Deuce Vaughn and the crew once the thing got really out of hand You know, there. I'm going to keep saying this. Mm-hmm. For every young coach out there, for every head coach, anybody who listens to this podcast in coaching basketball, football, there's really only one person on the coaching staff whose job description says winning. Everybody else's has roles, and the roles are get first downs, get get points, stop first downs, stop points, turnovers. You know, the head coach is the only one who can control the pace of the game because he's the only one who controls winning. And if he's not dictating that to the staff, then all of a sudden the agendas pop up. The worst thing mm-hmm. that could have happened is what happened. We'll get to it later in Washington is when we do dumb things to turn over to keep a bad team in the game. And I don't think McCarthy did that. McCarthy knew early that his defense was going to dominate them. He knew early that if the Daniel Jones had a play from behind, they were going to win. And that's what he did. Last thing on this game, what did you make of Dayball and the Giants leaving Daniel Jones in that game in the fourth quarter where, I mean, the protection, he was just getting killed at that point. It's a 40-point game. I don't think you want to see that for the guy that you gave all that money to getting smacked around in a game that's over. They're trying to work their way through it. They're trying to work their way through it. I mean, he got him in the mess. 
Why, why shouldn't he be left to clean it up? I mean, you know, he created the mess, you know, with what he did. So, look, I, I mean, we've talked about this. The Giants, I mean, Evan Neal, their first-round pick, Oof, man, doesn't play very well. Yeah, you know, was, I mean, let's rough. be clear here. I mean, you know, I know everybody, Joe Shine, everybody, oh, he's the greatest GM in the history of football. That right tackle doesn't play very good. Mm-mm. we got to get better. He's going to either – it's either coaching or it's the player. What is it? He's got to get better. They got to improve, and their inside guys, they've got to improve. And the kid, you know, the young snapper from Minnesota, you know, he snaps that when they're driving, and he snaps it over their head, and that that creates one problem. Always creates the problem. Everybody focuses on the missed field goal, but the snap, the bad snap, created mm-hmm. the missed field goal. Now it's a longer field goal. All that. Look, the one thing for the Giants, it's week one. It's early. Yeah. Right. You, you forget about it, but what I think it comes back to, and it always will come back to this, no matter what profession you're in. The main thing is always the main thing. And when you start to think you're somebody different, this is why when people ask me with the new book, they say, what's the similarities between Al Davis, Bill Belichick, and Bill Walsh? And the answer to that question is they all focus. They have this incredible ability to focus on what is really urgent, what's important, and what's the main thing. And if you're Brian Dayball, your focus has been, we're going to make Daniel Jones a little bit better. boom. No, no. Let's get back to doing who we are. And all these mm-hmm. ideas we've worked on in this offseason, at the end of the day, they're losing our focus. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just leave this last note. The last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl was 1995. That year in week one, they beat the Giants 35 to nothing in prime oh, time. Geez. Just saying. Just no, that saying. has nothing just, to do with just, the price of tea in China. I mean, like, I hate those stats. If I would said that stat to Al Davis, I would have gotten land. You, you know, I wish you could. I wish I could bring him back and you could do a pod with it. Maybe that's what we should do. We should do a pod and I'll play Al and you play that. And, and then watch you get your ass ripped. You would walk out of there bloody. I mean, Vito Anaferma would have nothing on your ass. I mean, they would. it would be brutal. It would be brutal. Oh. That stat is meaningless. Those players are dead. That was the last time they were in it. Oh, are you trying to kill off Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith? Come on. What's going on? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You know. God, jeez. I think Aikman's I calling like that commer- Did you see that commercial with Jerry Rice? Got to put his- <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> that was pretty good. I did not expect that in my first week of week one. Speaking of Jerry Rice, his old team, the 49ers, boy. They look pretty damn good in the Steel City destroying Pittsburgh. Got that one wrong, Pittsburgh. Femi. Got that one wrong. Well, yeah. I got that one wrong. I got that one wrong as well. Uh, playing Pittsburgh in the contest. Yikes. Uh, the Niners beat the Steelers 30-7. to We'll break down that game. We'll break down the wild game in Hollywood between Tua and Herbert. Dolphins Chargers. Then, of course, we got to talk about my guy, Justin Fields, coming up next here on the GM Shuffle. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops 
driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The 49ers looked every bit the Super Bowl contenders that the betting market believes that they are just dismantling the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-7. to I'll ask it to you simple, Michael. What happened mm-hmm. yesterday for the Pittsburgh Steelers who looked so good throughout training camp and throughout the preseason? You know, since this is a little bit of a Mike Tyson-type pod, they got punched in the mouth. And, and you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched right in the mouth. Mm. I, I thought going into the game, and I can't wait. To, I'm going to study this tape today is the matchup, how to play positionless football. And this is where we're going. And it's interesting watching some of the games, and I haven't gone through all of them yet, but I I will this week. But we're seeing the Browns put Elijah Moore in the backfield, right? This McCaffrey interchange with Samuel, this positionless football that creates substitutions without substituting is a problem. It really is a problem. And it's a problem because you can't really – you can't take A away because they, you leave a B available. And I, I don't know how Pitt, Pittsburgh, it looked like they started the game trying to play nickel. And I think ultimately McCaffrey ran the ball effectively at over, what, 22 carries for 153 yards. I mean, he was so good. You know, they had two, you know, Purdy averaged six, seven a carry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they ran it 34 times in the game. And then Purdy's so effective. He's so good at being precise with the ball. And once they take away, once Pittsburgh loses their balance in their offense, right? They can't run it. They can't. They get behind a little bit like the Giants. Now Pickett's got to play outside his comfort level, and that's not what you want. When you play San Francisco, you don't want to get into a forty-pass game. You're going to lose that because they're going to rush the passer and they're going to kill you. Yeah, Drake Jackson, the second-year pass rusher for the San Francisco 49ers, had three sacks in the game, and I didn't get to watch this game in real time because by the time I got home yesterday, I mean, the Niners were already beating them down. I was like, all right, well, it looks like I lost that contest bet. Let me go ahead and flip to Cleveland and Cincinnati. But I went ahead and watched it before I went to sleep last night. And it just felt like Pittsburgh, they kind of got blitzed in the beginning and like, okay, we're down. And it felt like Pickett was trying to get it all back on one possession. I don't know if you saw that when you were watching the game, but it just felt like they they were kind of forcing some things there offensively to where one mistake then led to another, led to another, then all of a sudden the game gets away from them. Yeah, no, I I, I got to w- go back and watch it again, mm-hmm. you know, to see. But I think to me, the, the the problem when you play San Francisco is you have to really you got to start fast. You can't let them yeah. get comfortable. You got to take away what he wants to do because if you get into this damn passing game and you can't <sighs> run the ball against that front, you know, and they loaded the front up. I mean, they I saw them early in the game. They were San Francisco looked like they were in a five man front, and Fred Warner just came. Nobody could block him, and just just literally destroyed it. You know, mm-hmm. this front's good, and the coach Chris Cor- Korsiak is. I mean, he's one of the best D line coaches in the league, and he gets these guys to play at such a high level. 
And so all of a sudden, Drake Jackson, they lose this guy, they bring this guy in, and the defensive line, and the way they fit in the run game, the way they understand gap control horizontally and vertically is pretty impressive. So, look, there's a way to play San Francisco, and I think what Mike Tomlin said after the game, he's right. I mean, nobody played well, including the staff and all that. They'll bounce back. I mean, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm on the on the opposite side of that. I we beat Pittsburgh fifty-one to nothing in an opener in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, seven weeks later, Pittsburgh beat us in Cleveland. So they'll bounce back. But I think to me, one thing about Week One is understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And some teams that won, if they play the way they have to play, they do. The teams that lost, that try to play outside because they had all these ideas in the offseason. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. You better get figure out who you are quickly. Yeah. Mike Tomlin after the game said, quote, it was a failure on our part in all areas. We got kicked in the teeth today in a lot of ways. Also, shout out to Brock Purdy. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention him. 19 of 29, 222 touchdowns. What elbow surgery? Uh, he, he looked pretty yeah. damn good in that game. They're executing the offense, extending plays, doing stuff off script and finding. I mean, him and Brandon Ayuk have an impeccable connection. Ayuk going eight for 129 and two TDs. Purdy looked uh, every bit the part of what we saw last year to where maybe this is not going to be a Cinderella story. Then he turns into the pumpkin. This guy might be for real. Yeah, I think he is. And and what makes him for real, too, is every week Kyle tunes him in. You know, sometimes when you watch guys in preseason, they're just they're trying to run the playbook, right? But when you get tuned in to who you're going to play and how it's going to come out and what you have to do, and you're coached on the defensive scheme first, understanding the scheme, not understanding your plays, you execute better, and that's what Kyle does. That's what McVay does. That's what all good offensive coaches do. They explain the scheme better, and then that gets them to the that gets them to the uh, understanding of how the play fits and all those things. Well, speaking of scheme, how about the uh, the, the points that we saw? In Los Angeles yesterday, Dolphins beat the Chargers 36-34. Your man Joystick was out there going at it with Justin Herbert. Their run game was actually really impressive. They ran all over the Miami Dolphins. Maybe they didn't stick to it enough. They had about 200 yards on the ground there. But Tua to Tyreek, the connection that was so explosive last year, picks up where they left off. The fourth all-time passing yards in the season opener for Tua Tungavailoa, 466 passing yards. Tyreek, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this Dolphins offense, if, if Tua can stay healthy, they're going to be the most explosive offense, I Nobody's think, in the Nobody's going to play him like this, Femi. Nobody's going to play him. Like that, that, that defensive game plan for a guy who's supposed to be the best coach in the league, who the analytical community <laughs> thinks is tremendous. The guru. It, it had to be one of the worst game plans you've <laughs> ever seen by a defensive coach. First of all, Armstead, their starting left tackle for Miami, doesn't even play. They get out, no yeah. pressure on the quarterback at all, Right. You know, they'd never take away. Did you ever see two defenders around Tyreek Hill? No. They treated him like he was, they treated him like his name was Don Jones. Like that's Tyreek Hill. And, and, I, and I'm going to say this again the best receiver in football. Yeah. No disrespect to, no, to Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Justin Jefferson. That's the best receiver. That's a speeding bullet that's more powerful than a locomotive. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, no, if you don't jam him at the line with help on top, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. And like this rhetoric about, oh, my God, Staley and his defensive schemes are going to be like, seriously? I mean, I, I thought, you know, I was on Miami in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody said, well, you know, they still scored. I think it was a misleading game. I mean, because if I can hold Her- Herbert 
to 33 attempts and only get 228 yards, I got a pretty good chance. Now, what I think Miami did a horrible job with is in the red area. They were four for five down there yeah. in the red area. If they would have made them kick field goals, this stat sheet would have looked a lot different, and we would have seen it in a different light. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this, Femi. The, the, the Chargers averaged 9-9 per completion, and Miami averaged 16.6 per completion. That's absurd. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, where's the seven six. yards? I mean, that's the key. And, and, and when are you going to decide, like at some point, when are you taking away Tyreek Hill? Guy had 15 targets, 11 catches. I mean, when are you going to take him away? When are you going to say, okay, Smith, you beat me. Barrios, you beat me. Somebody else beat me. I'm <clears throat> doubling. I'm going to double this guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it has to be one of the worst coaching jobs. I mean, and it continues. And, you know, when they lose Mike Williams, they lose their downfield passing game. So now, you know, what are they going to do? If we say Lombardi, you told them they need to run the ball more. They ran it 40 times. Okay, great. You know, they had the 55-yard bust out. That was great by Eckler. But at some point, you got to make explosive plays in the passing game as well. And was there ever a game more available to win than that game? As bad as they played on defense, they get the ball. They get the ball. Classic joystick here. They get the ball, right? Mm-hmm. They get the ball. Now, he's the best offensive coordinator in all mm. of football. I mean, we can just go watch any <clears throat> one of the videos, and we can yes. sit and watch tape with them again. Baby Walsh. You know, he can yeah. go over it all for us, right? You know, they get the ball with 145 to go in the game. And, you know, they start the drive. He gets 10 yards. And then all they need is a field goal. They win the game. All they need is a field goal. All they need is a field goal. They end up fourth and 12 and get sacked. <laughs> now, where, where's your, and, and he's got two timeouts left. He's got two timeouts. Now, the best play callers in that situation, you've been moving the football. Where are you? Hmm. That, game was, that game was put on a lap for the Chargers. The guy missed the extra point. Yeah. It was if you had the Chargers and and you if you excuse me if you had Miami and you took the three, that missed extra point was the greatest thing you could have ever had in your life. Yep. And and right? Am I right or wrong? No, you're right. Yeah. Because you know now they're playing for the field for goal. The Nobody's field goal. interested because in, you can't give the ball back to Miami again. You can't. I mean, even if the kid would have say would have busted, Keenan Allen would have broke through. He would have had to land on the two yard line and lay there. Because you can't give the ball back to – because since we're not going to double Tyreek, you know, we can't give him the ball back. Yeah. And, and what stands out to me, too, with this Chargers defense is that Miami put up 36 points and they had all those explosive plays. But Miami was also turning the ball over in the red zone. I mean, the opening drive of the game, Tua fumbles right. the snap inside the five-yard line. Chargers get a break there. Later on in the second half, Tua throws the interception in the end zone, forcing the ball down there, and they still put up 36 points. Like, like this could have been well, forty-five, fifty if, if if Miami was executing I mean, on all every cylinders. Every week I go to the I go to the big play sheet. I mean, you know, I mean they filled up the big play sheet. I mean, what's the rule of of playing sound defense? Don't give up big plays. Mm-hmm. Don't give up big plays. We got to play it, keep the ball in front of us, get it to the red zone. You know, even if we give up yards, we're not going to give up. I mean, they got the, the the play sheet is enormous. I mean, the the miss the the the, the ten longest plays for the Miami Dolphins. It went through. It went from forty-seven down to twenty-two. There were ten, there were nine of them. There were mm. nine of them. So, like you know, I mean, like they had two thirty-five-yard plays. They had a thirty-yard play. They had four plays over thirty yards in the game. I mean, you're telling me you're a great defensive coach. I'm sorry, but 
like it, I'm, I know he's part of the analytical community and you're not allowed to say a bad word about him. And I get that. But judge this. Judge this. And, you know, we measure teams by their ability to do what they have to do when the game is on the line. So my point of that is when you know you have to throw it and can you throw it? And that's my example. Okay, Kellen Moore, we got the ball, 145, winnable game now. We got the ball at our own 25. All we need is 40 yards. We're going to win this son of a bitch, right? Mm -hmm. We got two timeouts. We got all the time in the world. Okay, we start off with a 10-yard pass to Everett. Great. Now we got the ball at the 35. Okay, the clock stop. Herbert's intentional grounding. Bet. Mm -hmm. Then we get then we get sacked. <laughs> and then we get sacked again. Mm. I mean, like, seriously. It, it, it reminds me, Brandon Staley, it reminds me of the scene in Office Space when corporate comes in and they're trying to figure out who to lay off and they say, what would you say you do here? Because <laughs> if the defense isn't good, what are you doing here? Like, you're not managing the game well. You're not making sure your coordinator's dialed in. What is it exactly that you do here? It remains to be seen as the Chargers start the year 0-1 and uh, go ahead and blow it He's the best coach in the league. He's the best coach in the league. By whose numbers? Not our numbers. All right, we'll get to Eagles-Patriots on the other side. And, of course, Packers putting the beat down on the Bears. This is the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, before we get to Eagles, Pats, and Packers, Bears, Michael, what stood out to you in the Battle of Ohio with the Browns putting the clamps on Cincinnati 24-3? You know, I think that that was an interesting game. First of all, the weather was really made the fields kind of a mess mm -hmm. and sloppy. You know, so it was challenging to to really see the quarterbacks had a hard time holding the football. But what really struck me in this game was Kevin Stefanski's, you know, couple things. He put a couple, three things. He put Elijah Moore in the backfield, <laughs> tried to get him the ball, move things around, did a good job of alternating the carries between Ford and had Chubb healthy for the fourth. Chubb's so good. Right. But but there was this play in the game and I want to say it was in the third quarter. At his own, I want to say it was at his own 35. I mean, typically, he would have gone for it last year. He would have easily gone for it. Mm -hmm. And he punted. 
and he punted, which was shocking, right? You know, and he punted, and you know, and, and I thought he's. I think now he's growing up. I think he mm. finally figured it out, right? He had a, he had a, uh, you know, he had an opportunity there, and and he and he made it. He made the right decision because he was watching the game and he was watching his defense dominate the the the, the Bengals. I mean, they couldn't really run it that effectively. Burrow had a hard time throwing the ball. And the offensive line struggled to protect. I mean, they moved Miles Garrett over to Jonah Williams, which we thought would happen. And, you know, punting there was a good play. In the past, I, I don't think he would have punted. I said to myself, oh, my God, he's not, you know, he, this is, this is, this, he's really grown up. Yeah. I mean, that Browns defense, you've been highlighting this all offseason long about Jim Schwartz and the addition to that coaching staff. Well, all they did was they held the Bengals to six first downs, 2.6 yards per play. Joe Burrow. 82 yards, not in the first half, the entire game, 14 of 31, 82 yards for bro. It was a complete shutdown of what we believe will be a high powered offense at some point this season. But for week one, boy, the, the Bengals got embarrassed in this one against their rivals in Cleveland. Yeah, they never had a drive longer than seven plays. <laughs> they never had a drive long. They had 15 drives in a game. That's insane. Never had a drive longer than seven plays. And they only and they only got. It never got only one drive of the fifteen got first downs and two it got two first downs on it. Only one drive got two first downs. So you know they they had them. Now the weather was I think the weather was both quarterbacks struggled throwing the football in the game. Mm -hmm. But Cleveland's offensive line, even though they lost Conklin, they put seventy nine in there. He played really well for them. So like they're not gonna. I mean they're gonna miss Conklin. He's a good player, but they're gonna overcome that. I thought they were good. I thought they played really well. And they played smart. I mean, they he was watching the game. He saw his defense dominate. Why not play to it? And once he got a 16-3 to lead, you know, why mess with it? They're not going to score two touchdowns on us and beat us. We're going to play good. We're smart. We're not letting anybody run free. They played physical. You know, look, the the Bengals got, you know, look, don't they have Pittsburgh coming into town this week? No, Bengals host the Ravens. The Ravens, that's right. I yeah. knew it was going to be. I knew we were, the North is playing each other. Yep. Yeah, the Cleveland's playing. Yeah, Cleveland Cleveland's goes to Pittsburgh. Playing. Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so we'll get the AFC North clash. I believe that Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, I think, is next Monday night. So they'll be a part of that Monday yeah. night little like staggered doubleheader thing that they got going on uh, with Carolina and New Orleans as well. But uh, the game that I thought was built out of the Sports Talk Radio Lab, and uh, I was tweeting about this one uh, yesterday afternoon. Femi Twitter was out. I saw him. Twitter yeah, Femi it was, was out, man. Out, yeah. it was, you know, it's let been they, a while. Let the, oh, yeah. It's I been didn't a while. see much Femi Twitter when the Bears game was going well, on, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I wanted to save those takes for the podcast. We don't want to give everything yeah, away over good. on the app. But uh, the, yeah. the Patriots and the Eagles, Eagles get by 25 to 20. This is a game where I thought that the, the Eagles were gettable in this one. And if the Patriots did not have those two first half turnovers, which led directly to Philadelphia points, don't want to take anything away from Philadelphia. They won the game. Kudos 1-0. But New England kind of got behind the eight ball with the, the pick six, the Ezekiel Elliott fumble. Almost come back, though. Tom Brady Day, it was a lot going on at Foxborough, but a fun game nonetheless that had an interesting ending with the two fourth down attempts there at the end for the Philadelphia. Then, of course, with New England, with Keishon Boutte stepping out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, just didn't drag his foot. I mean, look, you know, you go in the game, you throw it 54 times against Philly. It's not going to work out for you. It's going to be a problem. I, I thought it was amazing for New England. I thought it was amazing for New England to play that game and to basically – you know, give up two sacks in the entire game mm -hmm. and you're behind 16 to nothing and you got two starting fourth round guards playing yeah. inside. 
you know, and everybody's making a big deal out of Carter, and he's a great player. But, you know, Jones had time to throw the football. They got behind. It's his own fault. They throws the interception. Then they come back and fumble on the next play. And then they go three and out, three and out, three and out. And then finally, by the end of the second, by the end of the second half, they get it to 16 to 14. Look, we knew New England's good on defense. I think there's no question they did. They helped Philly to 251 yards. Now, the mm-hmm. weather was a factor, too. But, again, you know, the same thing we talked about. They can't turn the ball over. I yeah. mean, they did, they did things that you can't do that a Belichickian team can't do. They had seven penalties for 50 yards. They had the turnovers. You know, they're three for five in the red zone. We've got to be better in that area. But, you know, it's early, and, and the, I think this is a team, and I've said this all along, they're going to get better as the year goes on. And that defensive front's good, and they got more, way more speed on defense than I think anybody thought they did have. I think they have way more speed on defense. They, they created a problem for Philly. I mean, Philly had 13 possessions in the game, and their opening one, they went 14 plays. They made a big play on the – you know, they, they got the ball in New England territory – and then, you know, the second half, they only had the ball once in the third quarter, and they kicked, they kicked three field goals in the second half. Yeah, New England outgained them, not just in total yards, but also in yards per play. It was 4-9 for New England, 4-1 for Philadelphia. What did you make of Sirianni's decision there near the end of the game there on fourth and two to go ahead and go for that one and try to close the deal there? Because he gave the Patriots, who had no timeouts, a short field and could have potentially won the game with that drive there at the end. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with it, you know, and I'm sure he said I wanted to win the game here, yeah. but I don't think he thought, you know, like, I, I mean, look, they've been so good in those situations. You know, I would have punted it and said, Mac, you try to go down the field and beat me with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was better odds because, you know, they, they had a chance. I mean, New England had a chance to win that game. It was very winnable. Yeah. I mean, think about it. New, England's, New England held Philly explosive offense. The longest play Philly had on day, all day was 23 yards. 23 yards. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really impressive performance by the Patriots defense there. I didn't bet the game, but I felt bad for the people that had Patriots plus four, plus three and a half. I was like, you should have covered that one. Kind of felt bad for those guys. Yeah. I don't think they got well, it. I mean, I don't think you, I just do. You can't feel bad when you turn the ball over. You know, that's your that's own fair. fault. You yeah, fumble, self-inflicted. He throws a bad interception, you know, and so that you, as Belichick would often say, you know, we deserve what we get. You know, you got to avoid losing first and, and they have to correct this. They have a better team than people think they do. Mm. And if those guards can continue to develop and play, I mean, they started Calvin Anderson at right tackle. I mean, this was a makeshift offensive line that kind of had to come together. They didn't, Michael Owanu didn't play this, you know, because mm-hmm. he wasn't ready to play. Cole Strange didn't play. So the two starting guards weren't in there. And, and the starting right tackle was a new player. So it, there's a lot to like about it, but they got to close it out. And then, you know, the Devontae uh, – Parker would miss the game too with a with a knee. I mean, yeah. think about it. A Boutte a Bourne was their leading receiver. Yeah. Patriots. Uh, it was an impressive performance, but Owen one nonetheless. Got to go ahead and protect the football. All right, let's get to Chicago, Michael. The the, the Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears thirty eight to twenty. I, I, I see the you're trying to fight that smirk back. I see you over there. <laughs> Jor- mean, Jordan Love in his let's start, let's let's, let's leave the quarterback out of it. Like at some point. Yeah. Like, when did the Bears demonstrate that they were good on defense? Let's just talk about the, the Bears defense. on defense. Atrocious. I mean, they're not any good on – I've said it all summer. They're, they're yeah. not very good on defense. They, they don't have elite talent on defense, and they play a simple scheme. And they have a quarterback who turns the ball over. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. He turns the ball – he's a turnover. I mean, the, he had two more yesterday. The fumble was atrocious. Can't happen. 
the the interception was worse. I mean, yeah. should, well, watch the interception. Yeah, no, the interception the was terrible. Brought, yeah. I mean, he can't play from behind. He's a running back playing quarterback. I don't care that he had 200. He's 37 attempts for 216 yards. You, you, he either plays with the lead. There was a time in the game where he had like seven attempts for 100 yards. Okay, now we're going somewhere. But once the defense got control of what was happening, mm. it was over. Like at some point, the, you're, you're really thinking this guy can be the MVP of the league? Are you serious? Like what game are you watching? Uh, like Justin Fields, can he just get, can he just become an adequate passer? I mean, look, Jordan Love was the best quarterback on the field yesterday. Yeah. Don't deny that. Don't even yeah. pretend to deny that. He executed the offense. He wasn't perfect at all, by no means. He missed guys that were open, but he made good decisions. They didn't even have Watson, their best receiver. Yeah. No, I'm not denying Jordan Love. I mean, this has been the official podcast of the Green Bay Packers all offseason. We've been saying that they're better than people think. And on the Chicago quarterback, because people were – the mentions were on fire yesterday afternoon. People wanted to hear my take on, on Justin Fields, so I'll just put it briefly. Let and, me hear it. And, and oh, say, defend and, him. And, and, Get your barrister cap on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on. Get those white, get that the, white the, hair the, in. The wig isn't coming on today, and in fact, it's more disappointment. I, I was disappointed in what I saw from Justin Fields. You need to see more? And <laughs> – all right, <laughs> settle down. All right, settle down. Uh, but I thought he was he was bad. He was bad. The passing game was disjointed. There's no defending what we saw there. The reason why I highlighted that fumble because that's when the game was still in reach. The, the interception, horrible decision. He was probably trying to do too much at that point, but he was staring the receiver down. Quay Walker made a great play. I mean, he didn't have to make a great play. He just stood in the passing lane and picked Good it off and ran it back for a touchdown. See, this is what people don't um, realize about but, what people don't realize about playing quarterbacks like Justin Fields. Everybody thinks you should play man. No, you shouldn't. Mm. You should play zone because his head is going to lead you to the football. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a posse of people around the ball. All que- all Walker did was he just, just watch there. it, read his eyes. Yeah, he just stood there. You can't it up. run drop back with him, Femi. You cannot run drop back pass with him. He's an option quarterback. And so when you're behind, you know, look, the guy had nine rushes for 59 yards. He's the leading rusher on the team. And this bullshit that they're better in the offensive line is a joke. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't I mean, look better. Like the, I mean, they're publicizing the GM like all of a sudden he's parted the rivers. You know, like, are, are you kidding me? This is not a talented team. This is a dra- yeah. two drafts away from becoming a good team. Yeah. No, it was it was really bad. And, and there was no defending it. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm going to go ahead and, and give up and sell all stock. That's not what I'm going to say here on this day, but – as it pertains to what he did in your week boy one, probably, it was your bad. boy probably on the worldwide leader. I'm sure he could find a, he could find a nice nugget in this that he could sing, sing his hat to why he should be the MVP. <laughs> I mean, can't we just let the kid become a better passer before we start talking about the MVP? That's fair. No, like you've got to throw the football, and when you get behind in games, you can't. You got to be able to throw it effectively. Yeah, it was atrocious all around for the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Awesome performance, 38-20. to 20. They did what they had to do down there without Christian Watson, who's their wide receiver one. Uh, th- things are looking up for the Packers. You know, they, they sent Rodgers to the Meadowlands. We'll see him later tonight. But Green Bay's got something good going with that young group on offense, and that defense played really well opportunistic on that side of the ball. We'll get to the best of the rest from Sunday on the other side and preview Monday Night Football next here on the GM Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, let's do a little bit of rapid fire with the best of the rest. How about the Raiders going into the Rocky Mountains and spoiling Sean Payton's head coaching debut with the Denver Broncos? Payton thought he was tricky. He was going back and pulling out the Super Bowl 44 playbook there with the onside kick that he had against the Colts at the start of the second half. He tried to do it to start the game, set the Raiders up with a short field to go ahead and convert, and then the game was on from there. Raiders went 17-16. Good game. I mean, he had it too. It was a good call. You know, he had the right thing going, but, you know, the kid touched the ball too early. Mm-hmm. I think the untold story that we're going to read this week, Russ is back and all that. You know, yeah, I mean, Russ played effectively yeah, through a lot better. of completed passes, but better. But, I mean, you've got to throw the ball up the field. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't, you're not going to win games by a thousand paper cuts. And so, you know, when you look at the stat sheet, what's he got? He's got, you know, he's, he's 34 attempts for 177 yards. The longest play was 21 yards. You got to throw it up the field. Now, maybe the receivers without Judy in there, I get that. But, you know, the running game was good. I mean, Williams was hard to tackle. The Raiders were having trouble. But the Raiders took this game over. They got, you know, they, they, Garoppolo wins. And his toughness really promotes the team. You could see it, right? So mm-hmm. they get the ball. They're down. They, they go down 16 to 10. The Raiders stop them. Sean kicks the field goal. He has to kick the field goal there to make it a touchdown. But you kind of knew that three points wasn't going to be there. And they go right down the field. They score. They make it 17-16. Broncos get the ball back three and out. Now five minutes to go in the game. The Raiders close it out. Garoppolo scrambles on the third and seven mm-hmm. to, to put the game out of reach. You know, he had Hunter Renfro wide open in the corner of the end zone, but he ran with it to get the first down to keep the clock going. So that's a big win for the Raiders. Jacoby Myers was big in the game. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully he, he caught the better, ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully he, they say he's much better. So it was a good win for the Raiders. I mean, and look, Denver's got to build off of it. They got to get the, and, and Sean, I mean, they got to get the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. But the other thing in this game, Garoppolo throws a red zone interception, or yeah. else it would not have been like that. <sighs> Uh, that, it was Garoppolo. That's what you get with Jimmy. You you get Jimmy, and you get good Jimmy. You get bad Jimmy. The the two and the, but the good Jimmy is is tough. He's got some toughness yeah. to him. The Tua end zone pick and the Jimmy end zone pick were within about five minutes of each other, and I had bet on both teams, and I was going absolutely insane. <laughs> but luckily, both guys were able to pull out the victories. We win the bet. Uh, how about the Rams? You were on this one all week long, and I just I didn't bet this game. I stayed away because it looked a little bit funny, but you were on it. Rams go into Seattle and put the beat down on the Seahawks, especially in the second half, winning it 30-13. to 13. Yeah, look, I think we don't spend enough time talking about the coordinator matchups, right? We don't spend enough time talking about how coaches kind of can influence the game through their play sheet. And I, you just knew this one was I – didn't, I didn't think the Rams would win. I didn't think the Rams would dominate the second half like they did against Seattle. But they did. And this is the healthiest the Rams are. I know everybody made a big deal out of Cooper Cup. They played last year without Cooper Cup, without Aaron Donald, and a bunch of guys you never heard of, and the game went to overtime. And to me, the line being at five and a half didn't make any sense. These games are always close. They're always close. So, and with Stafford back, you had to feel like Stafford healthy. He hadn't been hit all year. You know he was going to be pretty good in the game. You got to give him credit. I mean, great win for the Rams. Now they got the 49ers. We'll see. It's going to be a different game now. (laughs) That pass rush is coming to town. Yikes. Uh, Thursday night football, we saw the defending champions lose to the Detroit Lions. Big win for the Lions. Big win for Dan Campbell and that crew there, 21 to 20. A lot of momentum in Motor City. Should there be panic in uh, in Kansas City, though, with the the Chiefs now 0-1? 
Well, I think they need to get. I think they definitely need the, the receipt. They need Kelsey back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we said all year that all summer they averaged seven. Mahomes averaged seven one. The receivers, our boy Tony, you know, played volleyball out there. <laughs> Can't do that, right? I mean, they got to get. They got to get better production from the receivers. I mean, Reed's smart. He knows what he's going to do. I, I thought it was impressive defensively without Chris Jones to hold that Lions team to fourteen points. I think that was pretty impressive. You know, and I didn't think the Lions ever got themselves in rhythm until the fourth quarter when they were able to have, you know, they got three, they got, they converted three of their five third downs in the fourth quarter. They gained 100 yards in the fourth quarter and they had five for, and they had six first downs in the fourth quarter. So that's where they won the game. See, I think this is where we're going a little bit. And this is like all the four young quarterbacks yesterday, right, mm-hmm. Femi? Yeah. All of them, right? What happens to them is they run out of plays. Right, they run out of plays. So you know, you put in the offense for Stroud, you put in the offense for Young, you do it for Richardson, and it starts out and it looks good. You mm-hmm. know, it kind of looks like it's going pretty good. But then when a game, when you got to win the game in the fourth, and the coaches have made the adjustments to the adjustments to the adjustments, there's just not enough. Yeah, and that's where they get caught up. Like Houston is the perfect 45 minute team. They're going to play their asses off. They're going to play as hard as hell, right? They're leading at halftime in that game. So much for the Munkin offense. I mean, that did not look very good to me just watching that. Mm-hmm. But it's early in the season. But, you know, they're up seven. But the more they play, they're, they're not a big team. They're undersized. And the more they play, the more they wear down. And the Ravens were able to wear them down and score two touchdowns and take the game over and win the game. So that was there. I mean, Frank Wright – doesn't disappoint. I mean, he goes for it on the first drive of the game. Off. I mean, I tweeted this out. I did a Femi tweet. 13 Twitter minutes Michael. into my chair, and we've already had three fourth down plays, right? It was a lot. Man. It was a lot. And, and, I, I mean, 13 minutes into the day, 113, and we already had four. I mean, Wright goes for it, and then he runs like a lead belly up inside, and it gets stuffed. Like, do you think we're going to block these guys? Like, you, you know, like, seriously? I said it on the Lombardi line yesterday when we were doing the show together that they wanted to commemorate Frank Reich and his training camps by building a new Vegas hotel called Resort World. His teams are not ready to go in week one. I don't know what the hell he was doing there. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons, thankfully, go ahead and win. And uh, I'm on to week two in Survivor. Uh, But what did you make of Ritter real quick here on Desmond Ritter and this positionless football, which I thought was – it was. I tweeted, I said this is false advertising. I didn't see anything positionless about this. The offense honestly seemed a little bit anemic to me. They They can't throw the ball. I mean, they cannot throw the football. I mean, he had 118 yards. He had 18 completions, but he protects the ball. That's what he does. They couldn't get the ball to London or to to Pitts, you know, and they're going to have to throw the ball to win. They're going to have to throw the ball to win at some point, and you can't throw checkdowns. I mean, great win for Atlanta. They can still run the ball, but they haven't changed. I don't think they're better in the passing game. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so either. And uh, I thought it was just really bad. Also, Jags, they beat the Colts. Uh, Colts, I thought that game was a little bit more competitive than what the score suggests there, but Jacksonville now 1-0. Richardson, I thought, second half, I thought he, he struggled quite a bit there, but he showed some flashes, but it's expected from a first-year quarterback making his first start. Well, I mean, look, you know, he, I thought he showed some brilliance in the game. I, I just don't think the Colts are good enough on defense to mm. ever get control of the game. How about that weird play where the – did you see that weird play where the ball gets stripped from Lawrence? Yeah, when Bigsby and, thought and, it was over. And he's holding on to yeah. it, and he's just holding it. It gets stripped out, and they, and and uh, Buckner scores the touchdown. I mean, yeah. you know, or else this is you know. And then how about you know, for people that took Indy, people that took Indy got screwed. Yep. Because they got a chance to score to to, to make that a game, and the, the goal line stand that that went right down to the wire. 
Real quick on the Commanders, which I know a lot of people here at Circa with the Survivor were holding their breath. They beat the Cardinals 20-16 to 16 last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. That, that, game, that game was like watching a car accident. You just kind of, it was like, oh no, is this going to happen? Oh no. I was hoping it, it was. Turn the other way. And, and you know, as poorly, everything about Washington that we say on this program comes true as can be. Like I said, we said on the show yesterday, they got to avoid losing, right? Did they avoid losing? Of course not. They fumbled two times. Hal throws interceptions. Like, you know, they, they, they kept them in the game the whole time. You know, they keep them in the game. Interception, fumble, fumble. They scored mm. 10 points in the fourth quarter. And when they got the ball back, when Arizona got the ball back in the fourth quarter, I wrote in my notes, watch Washington lose this game here. Man. You know, and they were able it to was, come up with a big play. It was this close. It was this close there. Uh, Titans and the Saints. I thought Tennessee should have won this game. I don't know what Ryan Tannehill was doing. Luckily, they were able to cover, but the money line bet didn't get home. But the Saints go ahead and win 16-15. Yeah, that was the, the, this was a tale of, both teams need to spend the next week working on red zone offense oh because both teams had the ball in the red zone and all they settled for was kicks. That's why the score was so low. If you took the over in this game, yeah. you know, I don't know why you would with the Tennessee Titans, but if you took the over, you know, you're like, oh my God, what happened to the red zone offense? And, you know, it, it was always going to be a nail biter. I was, I, I was reluctant to take, I thought New Orleans was the play. They obviously Tennessee covered, but because I never really liked Tennessee opening day. It's interesting how they're splitting carries, and Henry's kind of not the same feature mm-hmm. part to the offense. And plus, they have no skill. I mean, I know I know Hopkins is a number one receiver, but did you see the stat sheet? Mm. Seven for A number 65. one receiver was in Los Angeles yesterday. That's what a number one receiver looks like. He was in Denver yesterday. He was in Minnesota. That's what number one receivers take games over. Yeah. Well, speaking of Minnesota, give me your best 20 seconds on Bucks Vikings, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks 1 and 0, shocking Minnesota at home. Well, it's a tale of two halves. I mean, Cousins was dominating the stat sheet in the first half and then luck ran out. They only had three possessions in the second half, Femi. Yeah. You know, and that two of them were three and outs. And give Baker and, I mean, Todd Bowles, they, their strength is defense, and they won with their defense. They were opportunistic with their offense. 34 attempts, 173 yards, ain't going to cut it. Cousins had, I think Cousins had almost 300 yards in the first half passing. Got like 40 in the second half. Yeah. Well, I tweeted it yesterday. Rent is due for the one-score game wonders that were the Minnesota Vikings last year. Some of these things are about to go back to the other side. All right, let's get to the awards. The Fred Palermo of the week. What's this going to do? Best game plan. Well, I mean, I, I think, I, I think. Look, you, you know, when you go through these game plans, where the hell's my my notes here? I had it right I here. You the, I think you had the Rams for the uh, the Fred Palermo there. Yeah, I, I had the Rams, but I had them in my notes here. I, I don't know why I don't see them in the. Oh, here they are, right here. I got it. I'm sorry, I had my notes here. Are you good? Yeah, I thought the look. I, I the Rams did not disappoint me. They went in there. They went into Seattle. Now remember, everybody thinks Seattle's got a home field. I, I tweeted this out too. They're 20 and 15 over the last two years at home. Like this is not a formidable place to go play. We got to stop talking about this, yeah. right? And so I thought McVay's game plan was good, and Raheem Morris knows Shane Waldron. He understands what he's trying to do. He kind of schemes it. Eleven touchdown passes, eleven interceptions last year for Geno Smith. Five came against the Rams. I thought it was a great game plan offensively and defensively. Great win. And on the lamb, you have the Giants, who we discussed in the first segment here of the pod. The fraud, the Chargers defense, not what much else that? has to be I said. I mean, what was that? The Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers the, the, the Chargers defense keep, Everybody keep telling me the Staley's a great defensive mind, you know, until I see it. You know, where was Bosa? Where was, where was Khalil Mack? 
Two of the highest paid defensive ends in all of football. Did you notice them at all yesterday? They're on a milk carton. That's where they were. If you don't yeah. know, now you know. San Francisco obviously is still good, and it is what it is. Tyreek, who you mentioned, best receiver in football. 15 seconds. Who wins tonight? Bills, Jets, Aaron Rodgers debut. I took the Jets in the two. I think it'll be a good game. I really do. I think the Jets defense gives Buffalo trouble. Yeah, I, 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 I think the Jets win this game as well, but we will recap and the did Jets. You, are you tearing your – how much of the tear on the Justin Fields ticket? Did you tear a little <laughs> bit or did you tear all the way? I'd like to have a measurement. <laughs> I'll tell you on Thursday. That does it for the pod. Right. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, on the ones and twos. Thank you to you, Michael. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday to preview week two here on the GM Shuffle.